0: Hi there, I'm Ruth Buzzy, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs>
2: Welcome to episode 161 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host Brian Sobrack and this is the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as movies, remakes, sequels and you know also TV and movie DVD releases. We throw those in for you and our interview segment. And we each week we bring you a guest from the movie, TV or music industry and this week I'm so excited because this guest is is just so wonderful. She's uh, Ruth Buzzy, and she's going to be joining us this week. And uh, I had the opportunity to work with Ruth a few years ago on a project. And, um, you know, she's just such a nice person, and she's got some fascinating stories. And Ruth's going to be with us in just a few minutes, so stick around for that. And I've been uh, working on connecting with so many other people, too. uh, A lot of them that you have suggested out there. And if you have a suggestion that you'd like us to, uh, you know, try to get, I I try to get as many as I can. Sometimes I can't even make a connection. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I get them. Sometimes I don't. But, um, you know, we'll keep trying. So uh, if you have a suggestion, you can send it to us at feedback at com, and I'll see what I can do about getting that on for you. All right. Let's see. The past two weeks, we've had specials as far as our summer movie preview and our May releases show. But this week, we get back to our regular format looking at remakes, sequels, DVD releases, and so forth. It's time for Remake Madness. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond.
0: Hang up and try
2: again. Remake Madness, well, Ray Bradbury's Martian Chronicles is moving along to be a big screen film from the small screen, and the remake of Total Recall is moving along also. It seems Jessica Biel has been offered one of the lead roles for the females, and uh, it looks like news from the 21 Jump Street remake to the big screen... James Franco's little brother, David Franco, is joining the cast. That's it for remakes. Coming up next on On Screen we're going to take a look at upcoming movies. Upcoming movies. Well, a film based on the Midnight Ride of Paul Revere is in the works. It's called Midnight Riders, and Ice Cube and Disney, two names you don't usually hear together, are joining forces to bring you a film called Chrome and Paint depicting the car culture of South Central L.A. And Joe Pesci has joined the cast of gaudy Three Generations, and it looks like John Travolta is also in that cast. That's it for upcoming movies. Next on On Screen Beyond, we're going to take you down to Sequel City, Check out what's coming your way as far as sequels. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, well, there's a lot of sequels to movies that aren't even out yet. And we've got information on those. Plans are in the works for a sequel to Captain America, which is not even out yet. You can look for that one in July. And Real Steel, starring Hugh Jackman, comes out in October, and they're working on a sequel. Well, at least the script, anyways. And a sequel to The Adventures of Tintin, The Secret of the Unicorn, is already being worked on also. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen Beyond, we're going to talk about what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
2: TV on DVD, well, Season 4 and Season 5 of Macmillan and Wife will be available on July 5th. And also on July 5th, you can look for Boy Meets World Season 6 to come to DVD. And on June 7th, look for Hopalong Cassidy, the complete series on DVD from Timeless Media Group. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a peek at what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD. Movies on DVD, well, August 23rd, the horror film Closed for the Season hits stores. And on May 17th, you can look for Vanishing on 7th Street with Hayden Christensen. And on June 14th, Big Mamas, Like Father, Like Son, comes to DVD. That's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on Oscar on, Ruth Buzzy is going to be joining us. Ruth is going to have some great stories for us. She is a wonderful person. She's going to be next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, my guest is a comedic legend who has won a Golden Globe and worked with Carol Burnett, Dom DeLuise... Jim Neighbors, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, just to name a few. She is widely known for her role on Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In in the 60s. It's Ruth Buzzy. Ruth, welcome to On Screen and Beyond.
0: Well, thank you for having me on. How are you?
2: Great, great. It's nice to talk to you, Ruth. And, uh... you were,
0: let me tell you something, you were a wonderful director. <laughs> on, on this show that we done a cartoon movie, which we have all yet to see. That's and, right. And somebody better see it because it's good. <laughs> I yeah, I was so anxious to see that and uh I know you had trouble with the uh with the cartoon
2: work? The animation part, yes. Yep. yep. A lot
0: of places have. Yep. A lot of places have because it costs so much. And mm-hmm. so then you go out of the country and, and you get goony stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: Jeez. Yep. I I did a cartoon series uh I did the whole series, and I played all the female characters in Pound Puppies.
2: Pound Puppies, yes, yeah.
0: And uh, anyway, I didn't like the cartoon work when it came back. It wasn't—it wasn't warm.
1: Really. You know,
0: yeah. The edges were rough. You know, they—they they all like went. It just was scary looking. I thought, oh, if I was a child of four or five, I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't want to watch that. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Yeah. 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 It's—it's—it's so it's it's a- very
0: important. All I'm saying is the artwork to a cartoon show is very, very important. That's if you right. can't get it done right, forget it. You, you've lost your
2: film. Mm, that's right. And, you know, Ruth, I've been doing this show since 2007, and it actually started because of the time that I spent with you and Dom DeLuise here, here. during the production, and um, hearing the two of you together uh, while we were eating, and you, the two of you were, were telling stories and, and everything uh, of, of what you'd done in the past and everything. It's, I just wanted to record. I wish I had recorded it back then, but I wasn't doing it then.
0: I have no idea what we said. Woo! <laughs> he was terrific. What a what what a great friend he and his wife and sons are to us and have been in the past. I mean, oh, many times when you didn't feel he was a, a good friend was when he would wake us up at quarter to six in the morning sometimes you would be out <laughs> before you go Dom, what are you doing it's but then he'd get going with something funny and you'd forget that you were you, you thought you were awake for 19 hours yeah. and having a, a great time
2: yeah he was such a funny man it, it's it, he, he just kept us in stitches that whole day i, I just couldn't get over it yeah but, like I said, uh, you know, with the two of you hearing you, the stories, um, then I just went on and started uh, to interview people. And uh, now, finally, I have you on the show, the person that, that inspired me. Oh,
0: good. And now, that, now I'm supposed to give an inspirational uh, interview, and I won't be able to do that.
2: <laughs> well, it's going to be fun anyways. I, you know, whatever you do, is I'm sure is going to be great. But, uh, Ruth, there's so many different places we could start. But I'd like to start, were you always interested in being um, a comedian or on TV or in movies or anything like that?
0: Uh, when when my family and, and, and their friends started asking me in high school, you know, what do you want to be? What do you want to be? Like? What do you want to do when you graduate from us? You know, people really, I feel bad for kids in high school, really, a lot of them anyway, because you just don't really know mm. what you want to become, you know? And you're, like, pushed into saying things. And, uh, like, my, my dad, who came from uh, from uh, Switzerland, from the Italian part of Switzerland, uh, my name is really pronounced Buzzi. Buzzi, we're all Italian. And my my mother's family came from the northern part of Italy, and uh, so uh, they think in a very, uh, not strange manner, but very straightforward. And, and my father always felt that after high school, really, it would be best if you could just travel and meet people. Don't get married right away, but meet people and just grow that way, and then, and then look. Right. And then you might decide to do something so different than what somebody had forced you into doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, uh, but anyway, I would, I would say because of watching television, I loved the show of shows and Imogene Copa on the show of shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lucille Ball had her show, of course, at that point. Right. I thought, oh, wow, I'd love to do what they do. In other words, Lucille Ball did funny, these funny, not sketches, but these funny TV shows, you know, with dialogue funny, and Imogene Kosa would uh, dance funny. And I thought, I can do that because I was a rotten teacher. I was the worst of a rotten teacher. I was the, the, a rotten uh, student. In dance class, I was the worst. And every week, Helen King, my uh, teacher, who was a beautiful, she was like a fairy to all of us. She's just a gorgeous lady who would drive an hour to come into Westerly, Rhode Island, to teach us all. Uh, she would every week teach us a new step, and usually, I just didn't get it well as well as the other girls. They would all go home and practice and everything. And I never did. I never went home and practiced my dance steps and things like that that she would teach us Mm -hmm. because my father would always say, Pooty, are you having a good time? Are you having a good time in the dance class? And I said, yeah, Daddy, I am. Good, good, because if you're not having a good time, it's no good. It's a waste of money. And so because of that, I thought, geez, I don't have to practice. But I really was not good. And uh, she would make us do the new step first across the room in front of her and then we'd have to take a sharp right and do it in front of whatever mothers were sitting there for that class you know yeah. and a lot of times I knew I was smart enough at least to know that I had done it as well as the girls in front of me because most of the time I would try to go to the end to the back of the line to keep watching each one to see if I could get it better and, you know do it better do it better and Most of the time I knew I wasn't doing as well as the others, and I would automatically make it screw it up to make it funny, and they would laugh. Mm. So it got so. They were all looking forward to to what I was going to do to the new step of the week. (laughs) And so at the end of the eighth grade year, of my eighth grade year, I mean, not eighth year, but but eighth grade uh, in in her class, she came up to me, and I can remember her looking a little kind of, concerned and trying to be careful how she asked me, because she obviously didn't want to hurt my feelings, and she said, Rose, she said, for the recital this year, how would you like to do a whole funny dance, not just these funny little steps, and I said, oh, I love that, Miss King, and she said, okay, she said, I know a funny one, she said, all the rest of the girls will do the dance correctly, and you will do it just slightly different, obviously, that, you know, you're not doing the right thing, and I would... Well, I got to tell you, it was obviously it was a, a funny dance that she learned that she got somewhere or made up her maybe she made it up herself. I don't know, but that was my first taste at really doing the, you know, my freshman year a funny dance mm-hmm. a, a, at the recital, and it was the hit of the evening. Wow! So after that, even though I was doing regular funny plays, which was wonderful because I was thinking, hey, what would Lucille Ball do with this? What would she do with that? <laughs> Um, I would make up at the in the variety shows. I would make up funny dances either either for myself or for a few other girls. Or anything. Mm-hmm. So when people say to me now, I mean, I get it from all. Of you. Oh, you've got a new dancing with the stars. You'd be great. You would just be great. <laughs> I'd say get out of here. You don't know it or what to. I'd make a fool of myself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know what I can do, and I know what I can do, and one thing I know I can't do, because I can see a lot of those people sweating, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, one of my dearest friends is Florence Henderson, yeah. and I know she thought it was a lot easier than what it was, and on and on, all the funny ladies, that, or, or anyone who did it trying to be clever, clever or funny, it's hard,
1: very, hard, if
0: you, if, you, if you had just one dance to learn a week, maybe you could really you know, do it great, right? but... Uh-uh, folks. <laughs> Not really fuzzy. I'll just watch and love the show, and be a great supporter of, of yeah. all my friends that go on it and everything.
2: Yeah, yeah. It would be neat to see you on there, though.
0: <laughs> see? You're sick. You're really sick, <laughs> <kept getting it. laughs>
2: stop it. So is it true that when you were 19 years old, you traveled and worked with Rudy Valley?
0: Uh, yes, what happened was he was traveling uh, around the United States doing a play called Jenny Kiss Me. It was a comedy, and he was a priest in the comedy. And um, he fell in love, in fact, with one of the women in in, in the cast. And later, Eleanor Valley, he, he later uh, married her, and she's a fabulous lady. She's just wonderful. And um, they decided to come to the Pasadena. Playhouse to see if they could do the play and and recast it, let the members go from the play. I don't know why. Uh, You know, maybe they all wanted to just stop. You never know. At the end of a a big run like that where you could travel around the country, Mm -hmm. they decided to go to the head of the school and ask if they could uh, uh, have some interviews uh, with with people from our school, from South Playhouse College of Theater Arts. And uh, so the school picked a handful of us to audition for Rudy, and I was one of them, and I got in the play. Wow! And uh, it was a big success. We played it there for two weeks, and he flipped over us all so much. Uh, he asked the school if we could go to the next two theaters with him. Uh, this is up in San Francisco, the Geary and the Curran theaters, and and they said yes as long as they could continue most of their studies paperwork
1: and mm-hmm.
0: everything you know they set it all up for us so for the two weeks we'd be doing that and uh and he said of course and uh uh we did that and what was wonderful about it was i had there you know, i hadn't graduated yet from the playhouse uh, because of having to go to those two theaters we had to join equity there were four of us mm-hmm. We. Had, And that was a big deal then. I would think it's still now, I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. But way back then, it was something like you'd have to do uh, four or five years of summer stock, you know, 10 weeks in a row every summer. Mm -hmm. I did do summer stock. I did do two two years, uh, two summers of summer stock. And that's a workout. You're learning a play during the day and doing a totally different one at night. Wow! Every day, no days off. You're really working, you know. Uh, but uh, I didn't have to do that to get the equity card. They were—I I forget what the other rules were, but there were some others. But they just handed it to us, you know. Yeah. So we technically graduated as professionals, you know. Yeah. So that was wonderful. And um, and while we were away for the two weeks, on top of getting to know them for the other two weeks. They were He and, and Eleanor were just terrific. And then when I got to re-meet them in California after uh, I, I was married and moved to Hollywood, uh, we were invited to several of their parties up in their home. And he had a fantastic house that was just above where I bought a house, up in the Hollywood Hills. And uh, uh, it was just great. It just, yeah. he, he was something else. He had an incredible memory, he could remember dialogue that he had with people like five or ten years before, and one could say, well now wait a minute, how could you know that that was a real dialogue? But the manner in which he said it, spoke it, and you knew the man was saying it dead on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And he had an incredible uh, museum under his house, on, the, on the, uh, in the cellar, you might say, but he, but the cellar it wasn't really cellar, because I, there aren't any homes out there that have cells. Right, yeah. But it was the house was so big, this room was enormous. It had, it had rows and rows of all his memorabilia. And he was so proud of it. And it was so neat. He,
1: he, just, he mm.
0: was a real character. He just was a real
1: character. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeez.
0: It a story that too long to go
1: Yeah.
2: Did, really but anyway, yeah. Uh,
0: it, it was such uh, an experience.
2: Oh, I'm sure. Knowing
0: him and uh, working with him was really great.
2: Yeah. So, now, you were doing uh, Summer Stock, you said, and and Off-Broadway, things like that. Um, now, you worked with a lot of people, I understand, that um, early in their careers that have become quite well-known, correct? Uh, well, when it comes to stuff
0: like that, I like that. I, I I did a few years of television before doing laughing and people think many, many, many people think that that's all that I did.
1: Yeah. And
0: that's not true at all.
1: Right, you were you know,
0: busy. <laughs> and, I mean, nowhere, nowhere near. Uh, I mean, I did some small television shows. In fact, that's how I got dumb first involved with television too. Uh, the two of us met and also his wife, Carol Arthur, and that, that was her, her
1: maiden name,
0: we met down in Provincetown, Massachusetts, in a club that we was all sent down to do a review, a four-people review, in a club called the Madeira Club, mm-hmm. in Provincetown, Massachusetts, <laughs> on the Cape. And uh, we, we, the, the clubs, and I'm from ben and Born, uh, the, the people who own the club. Wanted us to do an hour cocktail hour every afternoon. At night, we did our regular show, you know, mm-hmm. that we had memorized and learned. It was very cleverly funny. I mean, the writers of, the, of that review both years were writers that became uh, big television writers on the Carol Burnett show and all the, all the major funny shows. Wow. And, you uh, know, none of us had ever done club acts. So, way at the material. So, we would jokes. and we would go to the beach uh, in the morning before the cocktail hour, and we, and of course we became very, very friendly with all the people that were there, uh, the visitors that we, it was a big tourist town, and we would, it's easy to meet people when you're in a show, and uh, we would ask them, hey, tell us a funny joke, just, just tell a joke, and we would listen, and any joke that you would hear that you could maybe bring to life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? like Act out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what we did. We, got to, we dug up a lot of material that way. Mm. And little by little, very quickly, in fact, we, uh, we, we, we did an hour easy. And the audiences were fabulous, just great to us, and very encouraging. Yeah. And um, Dom and I, one afternoon, he was saying, he's got to get something else, something else. Well, what else have you done in the past? What have you done somewhere else? He said, "Well, when I was in the army, I did. Oh, I don't know. It's you can cut this a little bit yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he said At one time uh, I did a mag- a bad magic act, and I did it, and I called it Dominic the Great, and I did it with this girl named June Squibb." And uh, she was my assistant. And she didn't ever say anything. And she just ruined all my bad tricks. I did bad magic tricks, and she ruined them. And it was just funny, and I nearly fainted. I said, Dom, I was in an off-Broadway show. It was the first off-Broadway show that I had ever done. And it was called Misguided Tour. And uh, a wonderful producer named Jim Reed the writer directed the whole show, and one of the sketches that he wrote just stunk. And he said, "I got to get that out of there." What else? Does anybody know something else they can do? And he, this funny man Leo Bloom, said to me, "Ruth, I know a funny, funny sketch." He said, "I did it in the service. I was a bad magician who had horrible, horrible tricks, and it's funny tricks." And and this girl. Helped me, and she didn't say anything. I was the only one that talk, but not my assistant, and she would just smile, yeah. and she ruined the bad tricks. She says, it was hysterically funny. He said, you could do that with me, and you'll see how funny it is. He says, all you've got to do is think of a, of a stupid way to dress and think of a name. You know, so overnight, think of something. Well, it just happened that night I went up. Uh, I had to take the subway up to uh, mid York City, and uh, when I got out of the subway, in the circle like were, uh, were advertisements of an off-Broadway show, and I can remember them, the, the big papers were about the posters, I should say, were like two feet high by oh, 13 inches wide, a good-sized poster, and they were white, black, and purple. Interesting. Together, mm-hmm. and it was a very beautiful woman and, and she was in a harem outfit and uh, you, you only saw her from the chest up and the name of the off-broadway show was Shakuntala.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: And it was, so, it was so beautiful. I said, oh, wait a minute. And I'm to make myself funny. What a great name, Shakuntala. You know what I mean? Just go, it goes the opposite. I like to do things like that. Mm-hmm. So I went back the next day and, and uh I, I got together a real stupid outfit to show him and i got into it and he nearly died he said that that'll be great <laughs> and he said so he started calling me and, he did, and it was it, it it stole our show i mean it was it did great in the reviews and everything so that's what i told the mom i said Dom, i did something just what you're saying
1: the same kind of thing
0: <laughs> and, and so he said well let them together. So we started doing that. And uh, so by the time we left there at the end of the year, uh, I had an audition for a half hour show on CBS. Uh, It was a variety show. And I went there and auditioned for them. I did a couple of songs that I had uh, written with somebody. And and, uh, I had the job. They said, you're in, you're in. And I said to them, could you use another real funny person? And they said, yeah. If, it, if, he's, if it's really funny, if he's really funny. And I said, yeah. And I told them about Dom. I said, I'll let you listen to a recording first of an audience. Oh, It'll be all the dialogue of what he will say, because it's all a very set piece. So I let them listen to the recording the next day, and they said, bring him in. And so we did that sketch along with a song that I wrote with a very dear friend of mine called Jack Johnson. Uh, It was two opera singers singing rock and roll for the first time. That was the idea of the song. And we called it Don't Futz Around, F-U-T-Z. And uh, someone in the television studio said, wait a minute, you can't do that. And that back People right away think that's dirty. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, let me call up the United Nations and ask them, ask, talk to somebody who speaks in every language, who, who has that you know ability. <laughs> and they put me on with somebody, and I said, look, you've got to help me, because this has got to go on the air, and you need to make sure that nobody gets sued and everything. So they looked it up, and they said, no, ma'am, it's not dirty. Hmm. There's no other word. ha uh, Boom! I did. I auditioned that song, and another song called Lady Bird about Lady Bird Johnson. Was a bird call song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For for laughing, and uh, the producers said they wanted us to do that song on laughing, and I did it with Artie Johnson.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't Fuck yeah. around. Yeah.
0: But they would I, They didn't believe me. They they would not let us.
1: That
0: word, and hmm. what's stupid is, right now I can't think of what word we use. It was close to it, and it, was a, it wasn't as funny.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, they
0: wouldn't
2: allow us
0: to do it. They believed that it that it uh, was clean. But hmm. well, that was a
2: big story for such a little bitty thing. Huh? Yeah, well, no, it's inter- interesting to hear that. Uh, now, as far as, um, you know, you were talking about. Um, oh, oh,
0: Oh, wait, 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 because you asked me about. People that I knew before. When when I got Dom, well, that's right. This, this is very important. We did that half-hour show, and Carol Burnett, or someone from Carol Burnett's show, saw us do that, and she wanted Dom to be on her show called The
1: Entertainer's, mm-hmm, yeah.
0: her new weekly show. And so he, he did do it. He, he did do a couple things of his own first, and then they said, could you get that girl that you did that magic at with to come and do that magic act on this show because we, we want to replace a sketch on this television show. And so at that time, I was in a review uh, at the Plaza Nine, one of your uh, upper crust places, could do a review mm-hmm. in New York City, very fancy, very classy, and um, uh, he came to the show after he knew I was over with, with my show there at the plaza, and it was finished that night, he said, we got a chance to do the Carol Burnett show next week, to do the sketch, do you think we could get it all together? I said, sure. So we did it, we went, and it was such a big hit, they came to Dom, and Said, look, we would like you two to do it again next week, or I think it was two weeks after that. And that was a big, big thing because people usually didn't just repeat a sketch on major television like that so quickly. Yeah. If ever.
1: Yeah. Oh. And
0: so we did it again. And now Dom was already signed on the show, he was a regular on the show. Mm-hmm. But after that second time, their producer came to me and said, Ruth, um, we would love you to be a semi-regular on this show, uh, but you must not speak. You can only do sketches with Dom uh, where you don't speak. So we made up all kinds of hysterically funny situations with Shakuntala and Dominic the Great. It became such a hit that when we would go into the television studio at CBS, in New York City, and they would announce that the next people they were going to take were Shuklandala and Dominic the Great. The audience, the TV audiences would go nuts. Wow. And we were rock stars. <laughs> it was fantastic. But then when we got to, to California, he decided he wanted to do all those things with Dean, with Dean Mark.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: was hurt. I'll be truthful. I was hurt.
1: Yeah.
0: After all, we... Spent so much time making all those funny things up, but I can understand. Dean <laughs> Martin was a bigger star than <laughs> I. So that was that. That went down the dumper.
1: Wow! But it's a
0: shame because we could have kept going and going and going with those with those great with those two crazy characters.
1: Oh yeah! Far
0: more than, than having done him to having done it with Dean Martin, you know. But that's you know that showbiz. is Yeah. But what what this is coming to again is that no one knew Dom in a big way. Uh, when I first worked with him.
1: Yep. Uh,
0: when I was at the, pa- the Pasadena Playhouse College of Theater Arts, uh, Dustin Hoffman was there. Wow. He wasn't any of my classes, but he was there for a year. And he was very funny. I don't really know. If he was there the whole year, I would just see him walk, always be alone, walk down the hallway of the Pasadena Playhouse. He would never... Talking with anybody, very much to himself. But I would go. You were allowed and encouraged to go and see other performers while you were at school in those first couple of years uh, to see their work on mm-hmm. the main stage. And I would watch him. Wow, he's great. I mean, he just stuck out.
2: Yeah, you could tell you know what then. I'm then huh?
0: You could, oh, and, and so it was wonderful to see that he was the one that really did go somewhere. And Gene Hackman was in. All my classes, he was great. What a wonderful guy! What a wonderful guy he was.
2: Did you get to work with him at all after you know, later in, on
0: in, at the school? Yeah, and I mean at, nothing after. after. yeah. And then, uh, wait, there was one other, a uh, 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 Hank Delgado, who changed his name to Hank Darrow uh, when he got to Hollywood, and he did great. He was. Big, big lead. With the masked man, with the black mask. Help me.
2: I'm trying to think.
0: <laughs> uh, that's ridiculous. I can't think of these character names. Big, big. He became a star because of it. Zorro? Zorro! Oh. <laughs> okay. You win the prize! <laughs> Zorro! He was Zorro. I mean, he did many, many other things, but what was interesting about him. He never, as far as I know, I never saw him do anything funny on, on network
1: television. Mm-hmm. He, still, he was so funny. I mean, he would
0: play serious parts, but he would do crazy things. that you knew this man had a sense of humor, you know?
1: Yeah. And, and,
0: and he would do some comedy. He was really he was terrific. He was so much fun in class. I mean, oh, dear. Huh. Terrific guy. Yeah.
1: Terrific guy. Yeah. i trying
0: it, to think who else then there was a girl, a funny girl named uh, Ruth
2: Bootsy. Uh, Bootsy. She became something. I'm t- yeah, I'm trying to think who, who, who was that?
0: Her, her name was Ruth Bootsy. Oh, Buzzy. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. Ding dong,
2: ding dong, ding dong. I'm That's a little slow. Today. I'm yeah, I'm a little slow here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about somebody else.
0: <laughs> I know that's me acting. See, I'm a wonderful actor. <laughs> speaking, hey, speaking of that, the biggest thrill that I had in my life, even though the movie really didn't technically go that go and go far. Your brother's movie, Fallen Angels.
2: Fallen Angels, yes. <laughs>
0: I uh the part was very very small that I did, but when he sent me that script, I just flipped over the part that he wanted me to play.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: And I thought, gee, to go all the way to California for a part this size—you know, it's a scary movie, of course, you you know it, but yep. nobody else listening, you know, knows it's a horror film. I thought to myself, I'm going to show it to my husband. My husband is just one of the smartest men you'd ever want to meet.
1: Mm-hmm. Kept Perkins.
0: and I thought, I'm going to let him read this, and if he wants me to do this, I'm going to do it. And he read that film, and he looked at me, and he said, oh, Ruth, you got to do this. Mm. Just like that, with that, oh, Ruth, <laughs> you've got to do this. And it was so wonderful to do it, because as tiny and insignificant as it was, after I finished this serious role, Everyone in the place claps for me. You know, -hmm. it's a small movie set. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. That touched
0: me. I wanted to cry because they 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 were impressed. You know, because I'm always doing funny things. Uh, Right. I've done serious parts before, but that was thrilling. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: And it makes me mad that um, that it never got too far at all.
2: Yeah, you never you never know how these movies are going to make out. Right. Yeah.
0: But the Warner Brothers, the, the vice president of Warner Brothers, because they, cause they, they uh, put it out a little bit somewhere, and they wrote a letter to my husband, and it was a very complimentary letter, you know, saying, we, are, we just saw your wife, and let me tell you something. you gotta, you got to watch it real carefully. This is, this is very, very I can't remember what the words were, but it was very, very nice. Yeah. You feel real well.
2: Wow. Geez. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it was a different role for you. I mean, it, you know, yeah, like you people, say, we used people to.
0: people s- would not expect me to do something like that, and that's why it was fun to do. Right. And, um, you know, surprising to watch.
1: Mm hmm. Uh, yeah.
2: How about Laughing? How did you get the part on Laughing? I auditioned. You auditioned just like.
0: Yeah, you, even though George Laugh does an interview, I don't know what came over him, but he was talking about myself and Goldie and everything. And, uh, I don't think Goldie did audition. They had, they had seen her in, a, in, a, in another show that she had done, I think. And so they said, well, Goldie didn't audition. He said, Ruth didn't audition. And I nearly went crazy when I heard that because I did audition. <laughs> and it was a wonderful, wonderful audition with George. Yeah. It was just for George. He just forgot. <laughs> and uh, and I knew when I walked out of that place, even though he didn't say, you got the part, I knew I had it. hmm You know?
2: Yeah, just one of, one of those things. things. We, you felt it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Now, with that show, was that as crazy on set as what we, the people who watched the show, thought it was?
0: Crazier. Really? <laughs> Hear the words, crazier. <laughs> it was so wonderful. I mean, we, we had 15 great writers. Mm-hmm. Okay? A lot of people think that we're just ad-libbing all the way through. Well, that's not the case. Yes, there were places where things would happen, you know, and you'd, you'd do something that wasn't written. Uh, but the biggest thing, I think the reason a lot of people thought that, too, was at the end of the many, many sketches that we did, before we did any of them, especially if, especially if there were more than two or three people doing a sketch, you would always hear from someone, from George, from, uh, from uh, Dick or Dan or something, a. Hey, when you get to the end of the sketch, if you think of something funny, go ahead and do it, because we can leave it in if it's funnier than what the writers wrote for the final line. Mm-hmm. And um, many, many times, you know, because everyone's got a funny brain, which is why we got cast,
1: Right. Yeah. you would
0: think of more funny stuff. <clears throat> so then, all of a sudden, you're, everyone's ad lippings. So it can that 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 there could say, "Oh wow, they made up that whole sketch, and it's
2: not and it wasn't true at all." Hmm. You know, yeah, really, really. Huh. Now, 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 the character of Gladys was that something that a writer came up with, or did you suggest it, or how, how did that whole whole skit with you and Artie come about?
0: Uh, okay, it's another
2: long story. You're you gonna tape. <laughs>
0: with the, oh yeah, <laughs> yes, Brian.
2: Oh,
1: God.
0: <laughs> well, what i got to do then is go back to, after graduating from the Best New Year Playhouse and being in New York City, uh, uh, um, a friend asked me to come over to dinner. Mm-hmm. And he said, Ruth, I want you to meet this director, because he has a summer stock theater. And uh, it would just be good for you to know him. You'd like him anyway, and who knows, maybe he'll ask you to come there some sometime." And I was there, and he was as wonderful as, as my friend said. And he said, uh, he said, you know what? You'd be great as Agnes Gooch, Auntie name And I said, I totally agree with you. That's a perfect part for me. In fact, I all I have the outfit. I have the outfit that I think she would wear, and I know how I would how I would make myself up. The reason being. Was that the last year that I was at the passenger Playhouse? I was talking with some of my friends, and I said, "How in the world are we supposed to graduate from the school and then go out and, and go to an agent, try to get an agent? How do you do that without having any done anything but plays here at the Playhouse?" And I, I
3: thought, well, I want
0: to be a character actor. Oh, excuse me, I want to be a character actress. So I read more plays than what I had done at the Playhouse, and one of them was Auntie main Maine. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, yes, I'd be perfect for that part. So I made myself up, as you know her now, Gladys, as she looks,
1: mm-hmm. and I
0: went around to the Salvation Army and things like that. And I and I did the same with a few other plays. I picked out the part that I would want to play, plus envisioned how I wanted them to look and I had pictures taken of myself in those costumes that I created. And so that's what I put in a book to go to the agents with. But I never, ever did get to have to go to an agent because, like I say, I got invited to dinner. And that's why I was able to say to the director, yes, I would be good in that part. And I've got the costume for it. He said, Terrific. You've got it. You come to you come to our uh, our uh, place uh, in ten weeks because it's going to be the last play of the season. And so it was at the Mountain Playhouse in, in Jennerstown, Pennsylvania. And uh, so I went there, and Dennis, went, just because that play in the play more it's written Agnes Gooch is is written better in the in the straight play than in the musical, I feel. Mm-hmm. They bring her character in too soon in the musical. It's much better as it is in the straight play. And with a few of the lines, a couple of lines in, in the beginning when I would say them, the audience would laugh so hard <laughs> that we, it stopped the play. <laughs> and I just, I thought, oh, I don't want these people to become angry with me, because that did happen to me uh, in an off-Broadway show, where everybody, in comedy, people get jealous very easily. Oh, really? If somebody's funnier than somebody else, I mean, really funnier, a lot of people don't like that. And so, and so I didn't want the people in in Jennerstown not to like me, so there were two different times uh, in those two weeks that... The audience from laughing. I had to turn my back. I turned my back to the audience to stop them from laughing. You know so at the end of the two weeks, I thought, wow, I, because I had already done some musical reviews, I thought I could take this character, and if I had the time to change from my regular self and get into this somehow, this could be a very, very funny character. In a, in sketches or a musical or something in, in a review, mm-hmm. and, but what I got to do is change her name, because she can't be called Agnes Gooch, so I thought, well, dressed the way I'm dressed, uh, I've got to think of a name, maybe where, it's a, the name should sound constipated, <laughs> and that's what I thought of Gladys Ormsby, <laughs> and that's what I did, hmm. Gladys Ormsby, and that's how she was born. Wow! <laughs> so, what happened when I auditioned? Going back to the Laugh-In audition,
1: mm-hmm. after
0: I did my audition, he said, "Well, now, what, what else? What have you done? What have you done?" So, I had my book of pictures with me that were much more than than from from the Playhouse because I had now I had been in some shows. I had a little bitty snapshot, a little with a little bitty what six by seven? What's your regular snapshot size?
1: Uh, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, just a
0: for- regular old. Polaroid side. Okay, yeah. And uh, there had been a campaign in New York City that said for a whole year, keep New York City clean. That was the campaign. And they put that on on baskets, on waste paper baskets, uh, on different corners, right Mm -hmm. in New York City on the streets.
1: Yeah. And I thought, gee,
0: it would be funny for me to dress up like Gladys like that character, and uh, Gladys Orksby, and I've got to get somebody to come with me, though, and they'll have to lift me up and put me inside the basket. <laughs> In other words, I've got to throw myself away. <laughs> <laughs> so, geez, you know, so I had them take that picture. Well, when, when George Slaughter saw that picture, he just died laughing. He said, what's that? What's that? And I told him, he said, well, what does she do? How does she talk? How does she walk? So I did the whole thing for you know, I mean, and walked all, slumped over, and everything. He said, "Oh, she said, well, you know, we're going to be doing this cocktail party, and she would be great at the cocktail party." So he, in the beginning, I was just doing her in the cocktail party.
1: Mm-hmm. Not
0: always her. I was a lot of times play myself or right. play another character. Yeah. But every now and then, he'd slide. is Coslow Johnson. He was one of the writers on our show and he said that he had remembered Artie doing his dirty old man. <laughs> Tyrone F. Hornide. <laughs> and so he envisioned the two of us of, of sitting, you know, me sitting on the park bench and Artie coming in and trying to pick me up with dirty lines. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how that started. Yeah.
2: Do you believe in the hereafter?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the best. <laughs> oh, I wish I had a dollar bill for all the people that, that, that I've met that would yell that to me from cars and trucks and in person and everything. Oh, my goodness.
2: And then, so and then when you would beat him with the pocketbook, that was...
0: <laughs> well, I've had a lot of fun with that. Part. Well, you know, what? I'm, still, I'm still using... Really? I'm petrified of losing it.
2: Oh, I, I can imagine. Yeah, Boy. Yeah.
0: I, the the, the uh, wardrobe women at NBC were fabulous. I mean, you, we'd have to go, of course, for fittings every week. Mm-hmm. You know, but you'd always go in on Monday, and they'd try all these clothes on you, on you and many of them we would not like because they were so ill-fitting and, and just yucky. And those women would start pinning us up and pinning, pinning, and we would come back on Wednesday for the second fitting and put these on. And you'd, be, you'd look like a tailored model sometimes with some of that stuff that they did. Hmm. So uh, at the, on the last season of laughing, I thought, oh, shoot, I'm going to ask them if they could make me some purses just in case I should lose mine. Yeah. You know, they couldn't do it. Really? We would scream and laugh because they were such great sewers. No, they, they made them all too light. Like, they would
1: bounce.
0: You'd hit something and it wouldn't land like a thud. Because that purse that I use, I found it in Pasadena when I got the rest of the dress and the old sweater and the shoes and everything. Mm-hmm. And it was an old, it was like an antique, but it wasn't beaded, but it was a heavy, kind of brocady kind of material. And it didn't have any hardware on it. And I covered it with black felt, so it's really an ugly person,
1: person Yeah, yeah. If you
0: were to see it, <laughs> and I have had to recover that because the felt uh, doesn't last forever. You know, it, it lasts for quite a few shows. But mm-hmm. it would last for quite a few people. <laughs> but after a while, it would start to get wear down and get get little holes in it. Yeah. And I just cut that off and get another piece of black felt, and I probably covered it about, recovered it about, oh. Seven times,
2: maybe. Yeah. jeez. Now, did you ever hurt Artie? Did he ever get hurt when you hit oh, him? Oh, no,
0: but I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to hurt him sometimes so bad. <laughs> oh, I mean, there was one time, it was the Valentine's show, and whenever we did those sketches, we would always tape more than one, you know, because of getting into those outfits. It, it takes a while, to, like, for me to do the hair like that and everything. Yeah. It's why Even though I created the hair hairdoers, um, but it was a Valentine's show, and we had already done maybe all oh, four of the sketches that the writers wrote, and I came out to do the last one, and I sat on the bench, and uh, George ran up to me with a box, a box of double road chocolates, and he put it in my lap. He said, go do it. And he ran off. And so, as soon as Artie started on, and I saw Artie was coming, going to come sit down and say something to me, I started eating those chocolates. <laughs> and I, I, was eating as fast as I could eat. I think I went through a whole, the whole top row, shoving it in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time Artie came to me, the studio was screaming, laughing. I mean, it was—I know that it was a funny, funny sight. <laughs> he just shoved them as my cheeks get bigger and everything. And and he said something very dirty <laughs> so they couldn't use it. Oh, and that geez. was one time I could have smacked him with that purse for Edward forever because it would have been great for the regular audience to see.
2: Right. Oh.
0: But anyway.
2: Now, when you're doing that character, was it difficult for you or Artie to not laugh? I mean, you were so straight-faced, both of you.
0: Oh, I know. Uh, oh, sometimes. But what, sometimes it would be funny from what he would ad lib to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but on the whole, we were pretty good about it.
2: Oh, yeah, geez. We even
0: did a commercial about it. I a point you we hired to do a commercial, and that was.
2: Yeah. Well, you continued on with doing that character of Gladys, uh, like like with the Dean Martin Rose. Well,
0: Dean, I mean, uh, Greg Garrison, the producer, that's all I was allowed to do on that show. Wow. Whereas on other shows, when people would ask me to do that character, I said, only if you're going to allow me to look like myself somewhere during the show and also do something else away from Gladys.
2: Yeah, yeah. You didn't want to get stuck with that. No,
0: I mean, I did technically get what one would call stuck, otherwise you and I wouldn't even be talking about it. Right. <laughs> but it's been wonderful. Oh, yeah. fun. I mean, doing that, the, the roast, oh, it was more fun because there again, they had great writers. So when you see all of us up at the podium, except for maybe some ad-libbing here and there, there was definitely ad-libbing here mm-hmm. and there, but they didn't have to be. Because those writers were terrific.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: And and Greg uh, and Garrison said to me, Ruth, after you've done what we've written for you, you can do anything you want, <laughs> as long as you want. We'll just cut it back. We're I mean, definitely saying the same thing that they said on laughing. You know? yeah. We'll cut it back to what the writers wrote if it doesn't work.
1: Right, yeah.
0: Well, it just I knew the character so well. And a couple of things would happen that was so funny that I went with this. It would just get screamingly funny. So there again, too, people could think, oh, well, she made all of that up. All the yeah. talking. And, and that's not so. Uh-huh. But anything that you anything you would see me do after the podium, after I looked at the podium, that was all my making up.
1: You know? mm, yeah.
0: And it was so fun. I mean, to hear 3,000 people screaming and laughing so
1: hard. Oh, I'm sure. It's really
0: a joy. Yeah. And now seeing them, oh, I mean, what a what a great gift that uh, the, the, the D Martin roast. Oh yeah. Buy that whole thing. It's a great gift for people because oh, so many of those wonderful people have died.
1: Oh yes, yeah, you yeah. 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 Oh. No. What's your? I wake up in the
0: morning and I start slapping myself and they roast, you know. How lucky you are. You're still here. And you're moving and you're laughing and enjoying life.
1: Yeah. Now
0: I'm down here in Texas. Yeah. And I love it. Really? I love Texas. Yeah, the weather can get to you. Yeah. The wind can get to you. Hmm. But on the other hand, there's great weather down here. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and we have a great life.
2: Well, that's good. I do, anyway. I yeah. feel we do. When, Ruth, when you did the uh, the Gladys uh, bit on... Um, Uh, the dean martin roast was there was there anybody you were leery about smacking with with the per i mean you know
0: you you, you hit dean martin (laughs) no he 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 didn't care how i hit him i mean i gotta tell you at least twice when he knew it was coming when he knew i was gonna start hitting him because i knew that bag couldn't hurt anybody. You know what I'm saying? Right, yet, yeah, I could do it with all my might because that's the only way it would be funny right. is if you did it with all your might. Um, uh, because I was above him standing up and he was in his chair, I would always be looking down on him and twice. Two different times, two different shows. He would look up at me and he would have tears in his eyes from laughing because he knew what joke coming in the house, you know, for what he had said to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, I mean, things like that, people don't realize. Like, no one knew that, that he had tears inside and was looking at me with he would bleed. And, I mean, it just was so thrilling, so much fun. I'm
2: sure. Jeez. Oh. Yeah. Huh. So, now, you also got to work on um, Lost Saucer, the Lost Saucer, a Sid oh, Martin yeah. Croft thing with, with Jim Gym Neighbors. Neighbors. Were you were you good friends, Jim and, and, and
0: Absolutely, we still are. He's one of our best friends. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yes, and we we always join him uh, at the Indy Five Hundred, uh, where he goes there and sings with Florence Henderson at the beginning of the game of the game of the race.
1: Mm-hmm. The
0: you know the Indy. Yeah. And uh, we have uh, almost five days together, a group of us. And we all look forward to that, because we just have a lot of fun. We all uh, uh, have our rooms. The, um, Mary Holman George, the owner of the track, her whole family treat us fantastically. And they give us rooms to stay in, and we're all together in the same area. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you, you get up in the morning, and you bang on the door. Hey, Ray, Want to go breakfast? <laughs> we walk up to the main lodge, and we funny, wonderful time, mm. and um, uh, and like I say, Jim is always there. Uh, sometimes he he and I have the same friends down here in Texas. Yeah. And so when he flies in, if he does, we all get toge- we always get together. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we, we, hey, with the tsunami, when that tsunami happened, the first person. Did you think to call him, Jim? Right, he's yeah. In Hawaii. And right away, everybody's on the phone, like a big network. Did you call Jim? Did you wake up? It's 3 o'clock three in the morning, you know, boom, 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 boom.
1: Mm-hmm. But,
0: but as I understand it, he was in
1: Maui. Maui, yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: but, geez. uh, oh, no, I mean, like, right, when I hang up for you, I can call him. And it's just going to be a wonderful talk. Wow. He's just, he, he's just a great, wonderful man. And I, uh, I fronted him in Vegas one time. Yeah. And he couldn't have been more wonderful to me because he had his whole big show and he always got a standing ovation at the end of his show. Oh yeah, he deserved it. And what he would do is he, would, he asked us to join his, him in the last uh, big number that he and all his people would do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we learned the song and and I know he did it just so that we would be included in in that standing ovation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: geez. really sweet. Yeah, just a
0: good, good man. We've gone over there for Christmas
2: hmm.
0: a couple times to Hawaii to stay with him. And yeah, yeah. No, we're all very close.
2: Yeah, I had seen his show when he was doing the show in um, at the Hilton Hawaiian Village right there in Waikiki. Oh, right. This was years ago. <laughs> And uh, he, he wonderful show he did.
0: Wait, I, I, the phone crackled. Did you did you see his Christmas show up there?
2: No, no. It, it was during the, oh, we had it, gone during this. Uh, I think it was in February or something when we saw him. And yeah. It, oh, what we went
0: see his Christmas show
2: once. What a what a
0: wonderful thing.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
0: I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to do that this
2: year. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know he was still doing them.
0: Oh, do absolutely. Know? He's still got a fantastic voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's still. Every now and then there's cruise ships that he'll go on that are out that way, you know.
2: But, yeah, oh, I always I love Jim Neighbors. He was he was so good.
0: <laughs> oh, he was wonderful. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: And, and we, we uh, had a nice time on the uh, children's show. Yeah. I would always have lunch with him, and I would always stay after the show was over. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we would just talk, talk as friends yeah. for a good hour. Wow. And, uh, he's a wonderful, wonderful man.
2: Now you've worked with uh, so many other people. We go, Marlo Thomas, and and oh,
0: she was great.
2: She, yeah, you worked. You were semi-regular on her show, right? I, I was
0: her girlfriend. It was during the period uh, waiting for laughter. In other words, I, I in the summer before I started working with her. So that would be in uh, let's see, sixty-seven. It would be in sixty-six. The end of sixty-six when I did. Uh, The Rowan and Martin special, because I'm the only person other than Dick and Dan that was on the special and the whole series.
2: Right. Every show. Yeah.
0: I did every show. Yeah. And and, uh, Gary Owens did do every show of the series itself, but he wasn't on that first big special that that won the show. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah.
0: That NBC bought. And and they said that it would go on as a mid-season replacement, so it would start in uh, 67. I see a lot of places, they're starting to say 68. Well, that's not so. It was mid-season, it was was the end of 67 that it started. Mm -hmm. And while I was waiting for it to start, I was lucky enough to get asked to be her girlfriend. So I was on several uh, of her shows.
1: So you were busy. And she that she was
0: terrific to work with.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: And, and then when I got on Laughing, I was very touched that she was willing to come. They want. They did. This is your life on me. Oh,
1: really? And
0: she was willing to come on as one of you know my friends, which I thought was really sweet. Yeah. Because a couple of my closest friends, I thought they were on, my closest friends, were asked to do the show and they would do
1: it. Oh, jeez. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but she did it, and I thought that was great. Artie did it. I thought that was great that he did it. They, they presented me with a park bench, and we sent it to uh, Westerly, Rhode Island, where I was born,
1: wow. where I came from, yeah. where
0: I grew up, in, in Westerly, and then when I was five years old, we moved to Wickety Quark,
1: Connecticut. Hmm. <laughs> and and,
0: and, and uh, they had a big, big, roof fuzzy day when they christened the bench, the park bench in Westerly, and that was really wonderful.
2: Wow, yeah. And it was yeah. of of all the guests that were on laughing because everybody wanted to be on the show. Is there anybody that you were really surprised that they would do the show? Uh, Nixon. Nixon? Yeah, that that's yeah yeah that's. <laughs> yeah, they, said
0: they were going to get him. I said, yeah, sure, he won't show up.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that must have been a surprise. I mean, a, a president. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Jeez, well, Ruth. Yes. Uh, We could go on and on, I know, but I appreciate you doing this so much. It's been an honor to have you on the show. Well,
0: you made it real easy because I never dreamt I would talk this long (laughs) at all.
2: Well, originally you would say 10 minutes. Yeah, right. (laughs) I, I really thank you for doing this. I appreciate it very much.
0: Okay, good.
2: I want to thank Ruth Buzzi so much for taking the time to talk to us. She's a wonderful person, a lot of fun, and uh, you know we want to thank her so much for taking so much time to share with us and, and give us those stories. and, and It's just fascinating. Uh, originally, when we talked uh, at the beginning, uh, she said, "Well, it's you know we'll do maybe ten minutes or so." She's not very comfortable. She doesn't do a lot of the interviews. You know, she just doesn't feel comfortable. Doesn't know how they'll turn out, but uh, she. Uh, she really had a good time, so I'm glad. <laughs> she, she just uh, uh, gave us a nice long interview, and we appreciate it so much to hear all those stories and everything. So, anyways, next week we have another great guest coming away, joining us, and I hope that you're going to be joining us until we once again take you on screen and beyond. Till then, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.